Hi there, and welcome to the Man in the Van podcast, your regular audio drive time companion, where our main aim is education through a conversation. Through our conversations, delve deep into all things related to the tradesperson contracting community, from news to education to industry happenings, helping you do better business while building a better and improved South African tradesmen and women contracting community. Thanks for tuning in. Let's start the conversation. A warm welcome to our audience. My name is Willem Klopper. I am your host. And in this episode, we will have a conversation with one of the captains of the plumbing industry, Mr. Malcolm Harris. From completing his apprenticeship as a plumber to being the managing director of Haskin, as well as serving on the board of both IOPSA and the PRB, Malcolm's career certainly has come a long way. Join us when we meet Malcolm to find out about his humble beginnings and how he has achieved the successes that he has, while simultaneously discovering a little more about the man behind the roles that Malcolm currently fills. Just before we give our guests the opportunity to introduce themselves, let's hit the brakes. We'd like to remind our audience that this episode is proudly brought to you by Articulate If Plumber. Malcolm, welcome to the studio and thank you for joining us. Now, I have quite a few questions for you, Malcolm, but before we start and, and with those questions, would you mind terribly just to introduce yourself to the audience? Perfect. Yeah, I'm, at the moment, I'm the Managing Director of Haskan. Haskan, we started uh, 15 years ago now, and we've slowly grown to distribute uh, plumbing goods, uh, upmarket and, and quality European plumbing goods, and... Uh, I, I take on the role of administrator and sales and all sorts of things, ably supported by my staff. But uh, we're a small business, so I, I tend to have to be still a, a, uh, involved in all sorts of things, from technical support to, to doing the imports myself and that sort of thing. So when I, went, when I left school, I, I joined the Navy um, as part of my national service, and I was uh, sent or, or ordered to go and work on on ships and in the engine rooms, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed working with my hands and at the end of the day being able to quantify and see what I'd achieved that day, whether it was fixing an engine or, or, or clearing a pipe, whatever it was, and I I fancied going into some form of a trade with uh, where I could get that sense of achievement day in, day out and see where and what we had, what we had built. And uh, when I left the, the Navy after my national service, I, I looked around, I did a, a course at... Uh, the Johannesburg Technical College, I think it was called an N2 in those days. And after that, I got an apprenticeship with a, with a guy in Randburg, Garth Cambia. And I did a two and a half or three year apprenticeship, whatever it was. And I went through the old BIFSA scheme in those days. And after I'd finished my apprenticeship, I uh, started my own business. I worked from the back of a, of a very small car. And I was even worse than a backy, bucky plumber because I, I literally worked out the back of a Corolla. And... Uh, I started from there buying tools and eventually after a couple of months I was able to finance a bucky and I started running uh, running my business and started really learning um, because what I'd learned in apprenticeship was was a, a basis but I think that you must never stop learning and I learned um, a huge amount doing my, running my own business and I ran a, a plumbing business for going on 12 or 13 years and then I started with Haskan importing product to supplement or to to uh, help the plumbing business and, and get some products that weren't available in South Africa at that stage so that we could have some innovative products and, and that's how it kept going. But uh, I learned a, a lot on the tools and 
I climbed in and out of roofs and things like that, which a lot of you won't believe now when you see me. But in my youth, I was uh, able to climb in and out of roofs and clean drains and all that sort of thing. You mentioned that while you were in the Navy, um, you had this inclination, you, 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 you had thought of following a trade. Of all the trades that there are, why specifically plumbing? I think that for me, plumbing, plumbing certainly to me gives you a, a, a much greater sense of achievement because at the end of the day, the, the bathroom works or the bathroom talks to you and it's, it's a place you use a lot, whereas perhaps an electrician, yes, you flick a switch and the plug works, but everything with an electrician happens kind of behind the wall. And whereas with a, with a plumber, if you do your job beautifully or you, or you do a good job, the bathroom will look beautiful. And if you've, if you've ever spoken to plumbers who are proud of their work, they'll often drive through, and I, I've seen it with my, with my friends and, and even to my children, when I drive past a, a house I built or, or a building I worked on, I, even to this day I still say to my children, oh, you know, your, your, your father did the plumbing on that building or, or built that uh, house or did the plumbing on that townhouse, whatever it was. And I think that's something that I think is very important for plumbers and to have a sense of pride in what, you, what you've done. And it's, it's also very nice. And I remember that my, when, when I was an apprentice, my, my boss's father was a, was a plumber in, the, in Johannesburg in the 1920s and 1930s. And he, uh, he spent a couple of weeks with us. We came to help out once in a while. And he would tell me about buildings he had built. And he'd show me this building. And he, he'd explain how he had done the cast iron and the, and the old pipe work in those days on those buildings. But he also had that same sense of pride that plumbers get when they look at their building and, and or a building they've done and say, you know what, I did that building or I, I, I helped with the plumbing on that building, however you'd, you'd like to call it, but they become your buildings, which I don't think you get with other trades. So, you know, the thing is, um, you say it's, it's, it's about taking pride in, in, in what you do, it's, but it's also about your job satisfaction. I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think with the pride, I think comes the job satisfaction. Um, I did this bathroom and everything's working perfectly and it's, it's a beautiful bathroom to look at. The, the, that is a very important thing for, for a plumber to, to be able to achieve. And it was something that I, that I always tried to do when I finished the job was to step back and look at the work and say, oh, I'm proud of that or that's, that's the right way to do it. Um, or, or I should have put this basin to the left and I'll learn for next time or I'll change the basin now, whatever it is. But I think that's something that plumbers need to, need to recognize and need to learn to do is to have, to have that step back when they finish their job and say, wow, I've, I've got this right, or I've learned how to do this, so next time I'm going to do it even better. Yeah. Um, for me, nothing upsets me more than when I go to, when I do site inspections now in, in my current role at Haaskan and, and the plumber hasn't put his taps in straight or, or, the, or the pipe's not dead straight. When I went to Biffsa College, we had a, we had a, a very uh, fussy bugger who used to run it. Uh, I can't even remember his name. I think it was Mr. Durham or something like that. Durnford and and I remember him saying that you're a plumber. Every pipe's got to be plumb and level. When we when we did the geezer test in those days, it was all in galvanized. But one of the things he did when he finished was to take a level and and walk around the geezer and check every single pipe was plumb and level going onto the geezer. That you couldn't have odd angles and things. And he said a plumber means must be plumb. So yeah, I, I'm I'm a big believer in, in in a plumber taking just an extra five minutes to make sure his job is is spot on. Taking pride and then also being passionate about his job. Exactly, I think it all it all it all culminates in a in making you the the preferred plumber or the professional plumber that you should be is is getting a job right and that sort of thing. Mm. 
Because after all, that's what plumbers are. They're professionals yeah, in their line of industry, in their, in their career. They're professionals. Just like a doctor is a professional or a chartered accountant is a professional. Plumbers are professionals. And the, and the same, and, I, and I'm probably going to touch a bit of a nerve here, but with the COC, it, it, nothing frustrates me more when a plumber tells me that it's so hard to pass a COC for a geezer. Because to me, a COC is the minimum standard he should be doing. He should be doing the job better than, than what the COC requires. He should be taking so much pride in his work that he, he rather upspecs the COC rather than just doing a COC to pass. Just before we continue the conversation, it's time to hit the brakes again. Don't forget to download the all-new and improved App Plumber from the Google Play Store. All your plumbing solutions are just a click away, exclusively for Android users. Welcome back. We are continuing our conversation with Malcolm Harris, the Managing Director of Haskan. So you mentioned that you started working for yourself and started your own company. I mean, going from, from having completed your apprenticeship and, and, and being a plumber and, and doing the plumbing work, but then also sort of learning about running a business, certainly that acquired uh, additional skills, additional knowledge and competencies. I mean, now you, now you need to know about business, so running I, business. I can tell you that I was very fortunate. I had, I had friends who, who, who obviously didn't all go into plumbing and I had friends who went into accounting and friends who went into finance and all sorts of things. And I picked up from them. I spoke to my father. I have a cousin that that runs a hardware and I chatted to him. And over the years, I've, I've worked with quite a lot of people or, or gained knowledge from a lot of people. Um, what I have even started doing now much later in my life is I've also signed on for a lot of online courses. Uh, it's unbelievable how many online courses are available. And if, that, if those um, if resources had been available to me in the 90s when I started my plumbing business, I think it would have saved me a lot of, a lot of tears and a lot of heartache knowing what, what is available and, and how to run your business. Um, they, there's so many online courses now that you can, you can pick and choose uh, different courses to, to, to upskill yourself, and that is all going to, in turn, help your business grow. You know, and the same, the same goes for, for, you know, about plumbing work. You, you talk about the, the availability of so many and so many different methods through which they can learn and, and having, you know, courses at, the, at their fingertips, you know, on their cell phones. They can learn from their computers, their cell phones. There's so many different ways and, 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 and uh, you know, people are actually spoiled for choice today with, with uh, you know, the different methods through which they can learn and, the, and where they can access training from and courses from. Look, I think South Africa is, is or has been behind the curve for a long time. When I, you know, I buy from a lot of European suppliers and a lot of those European suppliers have training facilities that, that a plumber can, can apply to, to go to and majority of them are free or very low cost. I, I don't think the plumbers in this country take advantage of it. Uh, I know that in my little business, we offer free training. The number of times the plumbers turn, turn us down surprises me um, and I know that a lot of my competitors and, and, and people I know in the industry offer free training. And we all have the same the same complaint that the plumbers don't take advantage of it, and I think that plumbers need to try and motivate themselves to take advantage of free training, and take that advice that is available on site from from the from the suppliers and manufacturers. Malcolm, so you may, you mentioned that you that you uh, looked to your father for some advice and in, 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 in assistance, and as well as your friends who went in different directions than what you chose. Um, did you have any role models or mentors in your in your career? 
Yeah, so as I, as I mentioned, I've got uh, I've got one or two cousins who run hardwares and and hardware business, which I've chatted to, and I still chat to them and 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 get the latest scoops and and ask them for ideas on products to this day. Um, I've had uh, I, I had uh, obviously my my boss when I was an apprentice. I still speak to him once in a while. He he certainly gave me a lot of uh, ad, good advice in the beginning, and and he taught me the fundamentals of plumbing. And I think if you can get the fundamentals right right at the beginning. It becomes much easier to, to understand what you need to do next. If you if you know how to install something, and you learn how to take it apart, you can learn how it all works inside and and that sort of thing. And my boss right at the beginning didn't he didn't tell me how to do everything. He he left me to my own devices. He gave me some pointers, and I think that was a that was a big help. And then when I when I started importing, I I had a couple of friends who fortunately also I'd met through the plumbing industry who were. Who were doing similar roles as that, and I would chat to them a lot for advice. And there are a lot of a lot of older plumbers who are very willing to give advice still to this day. Not all of it's perfect, but most of it, most of them have been around the block a couple of times and can can certainly help. And I, I don't think I've ever heard of a plumber saying no to giving advice. So, for from from my point of view, or from the point of view of a younger plumber, I would I would say to them not to be not to be embarrassed to ask for advice the majority of, of older plumbers will give good advice how you use that advice is a is yeah is up to you but i know that the majority of the plumbers that i chat to the older plumbers who've been around the block are, are more than willing to to assist the younger guys if they're prepared to ask yeah you know it's knowledge is power but it becomes even more powerful you know if you effectively apply it correct yeah. malcolm share share with us a little bit of your the highlights on your career path well, I think I think starting your own business and 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 getting to a stage where your business is is producing some income and you and you and you can buy things because of that income becomes a becomes a highlight and and because your business becomes successful, it makes you as a person more confident. And I think that obviously that then leads through to the rest of your life. So if you, if your business has been successful and you are and you're making a bit of money and 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 you getting job satisfaction. Then it becomes much easier to to start a family and to be happy in family life, um, and from there, obviously, your friends and things also also become helpful. And one of the things I've also learned is I try and support people I know. So whether it's a question of me buying things or whether it's a question of of people buying from me, I've always tried to support people I know and to try and keep my friendship or my or my associate group strong. Because I'm I'm a big believer that the stronger your your friends and and associates are, the stronger you're going to be as a person. Absolutely. What is your involvement and and or your relationship with respectively the PIRB and and IOPSA? So I I got uh, asked to join Gauteng Committee of the of IOPSA uh, I think about ten or twelve years ago because I was at that stage or still am. Involved with a thing called FACT, which is the Polymer Hot and Cold Technology Company uh, Association. Because I import a plastic pipe, and I was one of the, f- the first guys to start importing plastic pipe, we formed a uh, association to to try and promote the use of polymers. And through that, I got asked to join Aopsa Gauteng, and I've served on the Aopsa Gauteng committee for for numerous years now. And then, when the PRB committee was uh, started. Uh, Rory McNamara approached me and I chatted to him and we thought that I could add some value 
which I hope I am adding value. And I've been on the PRB committee now for, I think, going on eight years. And I, I would say that I'm, I'm very proud of how far the PRB has come from its very, very humble beginnings and, and very sketchy costs and things like that that were unaffordable right at the beginning to how, how it's become a, a proper, well-run institution now is, is very heartening to see. All right. So, Malcolm, you mentioned that the PRB and, 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 and that you are quite um, proud of its achievements and how it's developed and grown and progressed from its humble beginnings to what it has achieved and, and is still achieving today. You know, and, and to me, when I look at the PRB and, the, and, and I also respectively, I, I, see, I see two organizations who are completely focused on uplifting and improving the plumbing sector and the plumbing industry. I, I, I 100% agree with you. And I think that a lot of people don't understand how much, how much goes on behind the scenes and how, how accountable they are to plumbers. Uh, there, there's always a lot of naysayers, and, and I understand that. But if you, if, you, if you see what goes on behind the scenes and how much work and how many people are involved with, with trying to get the PRB to work, Things don't happen overnight in, 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 any, in any corporate world nowadays. If you're speaking to an insurance company, every decision is, is taken back to the boardroom and, and spun around the room for, for days before anything can happen. Um, and I know in a perfect world, every plumber says, oh, well, only, only this should happen. Only plumbers should be allowed to do that. And I think, that, I think that's what the PRB aims to eventually have. But getting there is baby steps. And I, I think the plumbers get frustrated because they think it should all happen now. But we need to, as, a, as an industry, we need to support the PRB and we need to support the growth of plumbers to become professionals through these, these associations, IOPSA as well. And it, it's much better if we all get involved because the sooner we, we get more plumbers registered and more plumbers accountable, the, the faster the non-plumbers and the handyman and that sort of thing will not be able to work on certain jobs. Going back to what you said about uh, you know not not having that expectation of everything happening now. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day. Yeah, you, you, and if you just look at it from a logic point of view, and you take a step back from the plumbing industry. That it's too easy to use a non-approved plumber or a non-licensed plumber as a homeowner. It's not going to happen in 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 a week. It's going to take ten or fifteen years for this to really gain enough momentum and, and to get that uh, avalanche of, of happening, which, yeah, is, is what is frustrating for plumbers, I understand. But by the same token, the plumbers also need to, need to accept that it's going to take a while and try and support where we can. You know, I think it, as a general public out there, the consumers, as they start to, to realize, uh, you know, the value of plumbing work as well as the risk of, of, non-compliant plumbing work and plumbing work not having been cor correctly uh, done, um, the risk that it imposes on them. Now, I'm not saying that everything is life-threatening or whatever the case may be, but the fact is that, that, that consumers don't always know that if certain plumbing aspects and s or, or certain aspects of plumbing work hasn't been done correctly, it poses a great risk to them as a consumer. And I think as that perspective changes, you know, so will the, 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 the public, the awareness in the general public and the consumer will, will also increase. I, I agree with you 100%. And I would also add to that, that at the end of the day, the biggest changer of, of things in any industry is, 
is cost associations. Once the PRB and the plumbers can prove to the insurance company or to the homeowner who's fitting the bill that we are actually going to save them money by doing the job properly and not having to come back and fix it, not having to replace ceilings, not having to repaint, that sort of thing. Once you can prove that to the homeowner, the money then is is saved and then the homeowner is, or the homeowner, the insurance company, the consumer is happy with that. And, you know, I read on the plumbing groups that the guys want to say, why, why is everybody allowed to buy a geezer? Until you make it that the consumer will only have a geezer installed by the plumbing industry, the, the, the retailers are never going to say, you can't buy a geezer unless you're a plumber because they, it, it doesn't make sense for them commercially. What we've got to get to the stage is where the, where the homeowner says, you're not going to install my geezer unless you're a registered plumber. And when that happens then the tide turns and the plumber becomes more powerful and the industry becomes much more powerful and it gives us an opportunity to root out the the non-compliant installers and things like that. Sure. The industry becomes more respected. Exactly. And the value thereof becomes... The value in the industry becomes becomes worthwhile. You know, I, as much as I said I have lots of friends and, and things like that, I do have some, some robust discussions with some of my friends and I've got a friend who, who honestly believes that a doctor should earn more than a plumber. And I have this constant toing and froing with him because if you look at the civilizations over the years, the greatest leaps forward in civilization is when, when plumbing and hygiene have been, have been made right. That's what gave Rome the opportunity to develop as a, as a, as a first modern city was they got sewerage and water um, installed into buildings. And a, a plumber is the single greatest... A driver of 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 uh, civilization, in in my opinion, and that's why I have a I have a beef with this friend of mine, and we 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 often have robust conversations about why plumbers, in my opinion, should earn as, or should be allowed to earn as much as a doctor, and his theory about doctors having studied harder, is uh, is null and void in my eyes because I believe a plumber never stops studying. But if we can do that and we can uplift the industry, then I I think that. The, that kind of argument disappears because the plumber will be seen as a pure professional. So, Malcolm, we've talked about and we've chatted about your 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 career and 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 your your where it started and the decision to go into the direction that you have, and and how you've climbed the ladder from from where you started as as a plumber, having completed your apprenticeship to to starting your own company, starting Haskan for that matter. Um, from a more perspective, personal perspective, where do you hail from? I was uh, born in Johannesburg. I am a Johannesburg man through and through, or boy through and through. Uh, support the Lions, the mostly winning rugby team. And uh, yeah, I started off, I went to school in Johannesburg. And then, uh, as I say, I went to the Navy. And yeah, from there, carried on as a plumber. Did all my apprenticeship in Johannesburg. And now with, with Haaskan, I do travel a lot. I, I have a lot of friends and, and colleagues in Cape Town and Durban. And I tend to get to see the the majority of towns and, and places around South Africa. And I'm also very fortunate that I do travel a little bit when there's no viruses and things to go and see European factories and, and visit European suppliers and, and get to pick up the latest trends in the plumbing industry. I try and attend one or two trade shows a year overseas to see what are the latest trends. And I try and, if I can, bring some of those products back to South Africa, which I think will be useful here. And and what makes Malcolm Harris tick? What are you passionate about other than your work, other than your career? What makes you tick? What are you passionate 
I uh, I play a bit of golf very badly. Um, I, I usually participate in the in the plumbers' golf day and those sort of things. I don't I don't I'm very seldom amongst the prizes. But um, I, I, as I say, I love the I love golf and I love the the, the outdoors. I Whenever I can, I sneak away to the bush, whether it's whether it's just close to the Pilansberg or something like that, or to Kruger, or if I'm very lucky, a little bit further afield. But if you gave me a choice, I would spend a couple of days in the bush, looking at animals and and uh, walking through the trees. That that to me is about as as good a place as you can be anywhere in the world. Taking a break from the from the cr- concrete jungle, as they call it. Yes, yeah. I think I mean I think you must you must live in Joburg, but you mustn't leave your ho- your soul in Joburg. I think you must you must enjoy what what the country has to offer and, and whether it's going to the bush or going to the beach, it's, it's things you need to do. Um, I, I like the beach as well, but if you gave me first choice, it would be sitting in front of a fire in the bush and, and spending the day looking at animals. Malcolm, I can agree with you. We, we certainly live in one of the most beautiful countries on oh, the planet. fantastic. Absolutely. So Malcolm, tell us a little bit more about Haskan uh, as an organization or a brand. Tell us about your products. So, so, the reason Haskan came about was I, I used to work for a builder when I was a plumber who was a very uh, precise and innovative builder. And we had to do a, or he got, he got the opportunity to do a, 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 an innovative and leading design house, which subsequently, when we finished, did win a whole lot of awards. But they wanted an off-shutter concrete finished, which meant that every pipe had to be installed whilst they threw concrete. And we looked at the materials that were available in those days. This is going back to about 2002. And we didn't have anything that was suitable from a piping point of view. And I had a couple of friends who'd gone to the UK and Europe. And I phoned around and said, do you guys have any pipes in the UK that we could put into a sleeve and install easily into a concrete building with the security that we could pull them out if there was a problem and the fact that they'd be robust and things. And through that, I... I joined up or met up with a company called uh, Hepworth in those days, and Hepworth had a pipe called Hep2O, which is my main, my, still my main uh, product within Haskan. And we, I imported some Hep2O for this house, and we did this house. And when I was finished, it was like, wow, it's taken me half the time of the traditional materials, and there are no leaks, and it's it's so easy and it's so quick. So I then phoned Hepworth. In those days, it was phones and faxes. And I said to them that, have they got an agency in, agent in South Africa? Which they said no. And through faxes and phones and a visit, we were appointed the agents for Hepto in about 2004, I think it was. And from there, we started importing it. And we used to sell our pipe as a, as a performance engineering pipe, which uh, was a replacement for copper and galvanized. And we started growing the business from there. And after about three or four years, I was in a position to to close my plumbing business down and just push Haskan. And then with Haskan, because of, of Hepto being what I would like to think of as a, as a, as a plumber's friend, I based my uh, business decisions on finding things that would make plumbers' lives easier. So a, a product that would either improve the plumber's installation or make his life easier from a, from a fixability or a replacement point of view. And it's something we still do to this day is we always bring in products that we believe that are going to help and make a plumber's job better or easier. Whether it's, whether it's a product that's very difficult to install, it's, at the end of the day, it's going to make the plumber's job better or the, or the homeowner's job better and, and give you a peace of mind in life. 
And we've, we've tried a couple of products that we haven't succeeded in bringing into this country, but the majority of the products we've bought in have worked for plumbers, which, which I'm pretty proud of. Being as focused on compliance as you are, Malcolm, um, can I naturally assume that it's obvious that your products comply to, to the national standards or the, the applicable standards? Um, most of our products apply to the applicable standards, and this is something that we, we chat about quite often, and I, I, I engage with, with the guys from the PRB and from, from SA Watermark. Unfortunately, with some of the products, there is no standard because they are, they are cutting-edge developed products. But we, where possible, we always try and be compliant or, or get approvals in this country. And where not, we, we open and we tell the plumber, this is not approved yet, or we tell the building inspector it's not approved yet. But this is why we think it warrants being installed. And, and engineers and, and people like that understand that if you have a product that they want that isn't yet approved or isn't able to be approved, they're happy to deal with it as long as they can understand the, the value and the quality that it's bringing to the table. Uh, there are a lot of products from 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 Germany and from from Europe that I know of that don't have a standard yet in this country, and often they don't even have a standard in the UK yet or in the, or in Europe yet. But they are products that are needed, and and that is what pushes innovation in industry. We've got to we've got to be constantly pushing the pushing the boundaries, and the SABS or, or the or the national standards will eventually catch up with these products when they become when people can understand the value and it becomes worth getting an approval or, or making a standard for these products. What was the impact of COVID-19 on, on business? Look, for our business, we obviously, we had to close the same as majority of people during that uh, initial lockdown. We then got ourselves uh, approved as, a, as a COVID suppliers, whatever the uh, ruling was in those days. And we started supplying. It, I think, I think the, the impact of COVID is going to be felt for the next couple of years. I think a lot of people aren't going to be doing that big building that they were planning to do. I think it's also made a lot of people realize that working from home is becoming important. And I think that my, my guess is that a lot of these office blocks and things like that will be turned into apartments, which is an opportunity for plumbers. Uh, I think that gone are the days or, or, the, or the enthusiasm to have huge offices with thousands of people working them I think that's decreased, and I think that in order to realize value out of those buildings, a lot of the a lot of the building owners are going to be changing those buildings into accommodation and offices. And I think it's an opportunity for plumbers and and suppliers to get their ducks in a row to try and be able to su- supply and and install those kind of changes from offices or, or to make it offices and residential in one. Uh, I think that disruption is is coming to the plumbing industry and and the building industry in, in general in South Africa, and I think over the next couple of years you're going to see a lot of empty offices that it's going to be an opportunity to be changed into residential and other and other forms. Just before we say goodbye, it's time to hit the brakes one last time. Would like to encourage our audience to follow Articulated Plumber on Instagram and Facebook, not only to find out more about the Man in the Band podcast, but also to learn more about any exciting and interesting news that we may have. Our handle on both Instagram and Facebook is Articulated Plumber. So, Malcolm, we 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 getting to the close of this uh, episode, and and just before we we fi- finally say goodbye to the audience and and close off. Um, do you have any 
last words and, and, and perhaps some advice or motivation to the audience out there? Especially those, you know, you, you, you have a lot of people out there who have, you know, they've got dreams and aspirations to develop and grow and expand, you know. So, I mean, I, I read a couple, I, I, I'm an avid reader and I, I read a lot of books varying from, from good old Skopskid and Donna, but to all sorts of books. And one of the, one of the books that I read is a, is a gentleman called uh, Deepak Chopra and one of the books is seven seven steps to total satisfaction or total um, I can't remember the title, but the one thing he says in that book is he says, no matter what you choose to do, try be the best in the world at it. And my advice to plumbers is is you're unlikely to be able to do everything perfectly. Rather rather try and and do what what fits into your scope of business, and be the best in business in the world at that, or the best in in your area at that. So whether you're a drain cleaner, whether you're a, a, a pipe fixer or a geese installer, my my advice would be become the best geese installer or guest best specialist in your field within the plumbing industry to make yourself that your peers look up to you. Because if that happens, then your peers are going to call you whenever there's a problem and you're going to you're going to be able to charge more than the next guy and, and you're going to get satisfaction by being the best. Malcolm, I want to thank you for your time. Uh, for the effort of driving all the way to the studio and joining me in studio today, uh, thanks for the just for the for the information and the motivation that you shared with the audience out there. Um, thanks also to the audience for having tuned in and and having listened to the uh, to this episode. Finally, it's time to switch off this engine. Cheerio, Man in the Van Podcast, your regular audio drive time companion. 